comfort us. God, and we give you all the glory, all the honor, all the praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Send his fire. before he went to heaven he said I'm sending you I'm sending you a comforter amen and they waited for 
the comforter to come. Amen. 120 Amen. of them did anyway. <laughs> but they were so there was an outpouring of the Holy Ghost, and I believe there's another outpouring that's coming. Yes, amen. Not in a way that it was duplicated. Yes, Nothing that's been duplicated before. Amen. Hallelujah. Just like you did it before. Lord, we are ready for more. Just like you did it before. Lord, we are ready for more. Just like you did it before. Lord, we are ready for more. Just like you did it before. Lord, we are ready for more. Just like you did it before. Lord, we, Lord, we are ready, are ready for, for more. Just like you did it before. Lord, we are Lord, ready. We are ready for we're more. ready for the fire. Just like you. Lord, we are ready. Lord, we are ready for more. Lord, we are ready. Lord, we are ready for more. We're ready for more of you. Lord, we are ready for more. Hallelujah. Amen. We're ready for the Holy Spirit. Lord, whatever you have for us. God, we want you. We need you every single day, every step that we take. God, we want more of you. Hallelujah. I don't know about you, but today, I need the Holy Ghost. I need the Holy Ghost to fight. Fill me with the Holy Ghost. Fill me with the Holy Ghost and fire. shepherd I don't know about you but in this season that we're in we need to know and remind ourselves that the Lord is our shepherd amen that he is with us he is our hope all of our eyes are on on him they're not on the circumstances but they're on the Lord and he has given us peace he's going to walk us through every circumstance through every situation that we face amen we thank you Lord Hallelujah. We just embrace your presence today. We embrace your peace, oh God. We thank you for what you're doing, God, for what you're going to do, Lord Jesus. We thank you that you guide us, you lead us.
all our eyes on you, Lord. All our hope in you, Lord. All our trust in you, Lord. All we want is you, Lord. All our eyes on you, trust in you, Lord. All we want is you, Lord. The Lord is our shepherd. The Lord is our helper.
Lord is my helper. Oh, Jesus, lead us and show us the way to follow you. Show us the way, Lord. We want to follow you. You're our shepherd. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Lord. God, we thank you that you are our shepherd, that you are leading us. You are showing us the way in these times and seasons. Lord, and we thank you that we don't have to fear, but we can have trust and hope and faith in you, Lord. And we thank you for that, that you would overwhelm us with your supernatural peace today. God, those of us that need a miracle, we thank you for that intervention. We believe for that today. God, we thank you that there's nothing that is too hard for you. There's no circumstance that's too great for you, Lord. God, we've come to you today, not cast down, God, but with our head lifted high, knowing who our God is, knowing that you are more than able to meet every need and not just to meet that need, but to even supersede that need. Lord, and we thank you, God, for turn around in this nation. We thank you, God, for turn around in our families, oh God. We thank you for your promises, oh God. We stand upon your word. God, and we thank you, Lord Jesus, that no matter what man says, God, we, we live by your word and by your promises, and that your word will prevail. God, and we thank you that we will prevail. God, I thank you that the prayers of the righteous, they availeth much, oh God, and we continue to pray and to push back, oh God, so that we can see the birth of revival. Yes, God, take yes, place yes, in this yes. land. We yes, thank you, God, that you have not forgotten you, us. God, Hallelujah. you have not forgotten uh, uh, about our situation, and you have not gone deaf to our cries. You have not gone deaf, oh God, to uh, to us crying out to you, Lord Jesus, but you hear, God, yes. our cries, and we thank yes, you that Lord. you are moved, Hallelujah. oh God, by our faith, thank Lord Jesus. God, and we have great faith today. Father, God, and we believe and know that you are going to change things. Yes. In Jesus' name, Hallelujah. we give you all the praise all the glory in Jesus name. Amen. Jesus name. Amen. You may be seated. Those of you that are here with us today and we are excited to have everybody here today. Um, We know that many are still dealing with as we are with the aftermath of Hurricane Ida and uh, um, we know it's going to take a while for things to be cleaned up and straightened up, but we're working on it. Amen. And I know that you all are too. And please know that you're in our thoughts and prayers. We're praying for you. So many that have lost so much and our hearts go out to you. And as Bethany said in her prayer, we're praying for this nation. It's time for miracle. Amen. It's time for a turnaround for breakthrough. And we are believing and trusting God for that to happen, amen? And uh, at this time, we wanna give you uh, an opportunity to worship the Lord uh, with your giving. And uh, Josh is coming to share with us regarding that, because you know, this is a tremendous form of act of obedience and the act of worship. And it's our privilege to walk in obedience to the Lord by giving of our tithe and our offerings. Open up your hearts as Josh comes to share and then Pastor Garland's coming to bring forth a powerful word. We're so we're so excited to hear the word of the Lord because it's his word that's going to cause deep change in our lives. Amen. Good morning. How many of you encouraged? Come on, the Lord has never lost a battle. 
Come on, we need to stand on the promises of God. Amen. Come on. You know, there's so much fear and panic and anxiety going on right now, but we need to cast that down. Amen. Listen, God wasn't shaken when Jesus went to the cross. Come on, he knew the plans that he had, and in just three days, he would rise him up from the grave. And I'm going to tell you what, there is, the, there is a rising that's going to happen in this nation. Amen. Come on, the people of God are praying, just as in Egypt, when, when Pharaoh started to decree things, and he said, you know what, I'm going to increase your quota. Come on, I'm going to make it harder on you. To, you're going to get your own straw to make bricks. And the people of God started to cry out, and God rose up a deliverer. And I'm going to tell you right now that we don't look to man, but God is about to rise up a deliverer in this nation. Amen. Come on. And things are going to be cast down. Come on. Uh, the righteousness and the justice of the Lord is going to be seen in this nation. Amen. I'm telling you, and just get ready. Because the foul is starting on Wednesday, and the fireworks are about to begin. And I am about ready to, I have a block party already planned. So, you know, praise God. Uh, you know, we don't give up on the word of God. Amen. Come on. We stand with God and uh, we stand on his word because his word is eternal. Amen. Come on. He's not moved by situations. He's not moved by things in the natural. And I'm just going to tell you because I felt it so strong last Sunday and I didn't say it here, but there's been a decree made in the land. But the Lord told me it's just going to be like in the days of Esther where a decree was made to come against the people of God, but it shall fail. And Haman and all his seed, come on, shall be taken out. And so I just believe that. I'm standing on that. And the Lord says, you know, you're not going to have to face what they're saying you're going to face. Yeah. Real quick. Last Saturday I was praying because, you know, there's craziness going on. And I said, God, what are people going to do? What are people going to do? And he brought me to Genesis 24, verse 1. He says, now that Abraham was old, advanced in age, the Lord had blessed him in every way. And according to Galatians chapter 3, verse 13 and 14, it says, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree, in order that the blessing, the, the blessing in Jesus Christ of Abraham will come to the Gentiles so that we would receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Listen, we have the blessing of Abraham. Amen? Through Christ Jesus. We weren't born of Jewish descent, but we have his blessing and because of what Jesus did. And when we have been blessed, come on, you cannot be cursed. Come on, whatever we were cursed with through our natural DNA line and our family lineage has been put upon a tree, amen, and we have received the righteousness and the blessing of Christ and the blessing of Abraham. And my Bible says, and your Bible says, amen, that Abraham, even in his old age, God had blessed him in every way. And that's where I'm standing today, that God is going to bless his people in every way. So as I get ready to pray and, you know, we give and you know, just keep paying. Stand fast, church. Stand fast. That's what I tell you. Stand fast. Don't surrender one inch to the devil. Amen. Come on. You stand. Whatever God has put inside of you as a stance against the, the plans and the schemes of the enemy, you stand. And don't compromise yourself because someone's trying to make you do something you don't feel comfortable with. If you feel comfortable, that's fine. But if you, if you, know, if you don't have a peace about something, don't give in to the pressures of man. Come on. The Word of God says that the fear of man is a trap. You can find it in Proverbs. So just stand.
Father, I just thank you for this day, Lord. I thank you that your people are coming out on top, Lord God. Father, we don't look to men, Father, but we look to you in this time and this season, oh God. And Father, I thank you that just as in the days of Noah you made a way, in the days of Abraham you made a way, in the days of Jacob you made a way, in the time of Egypt, Lord God, you made a way, and to this year and this time you are going to make a way for your people, Lord. I thank you, Lord God, that you are faithful, that you are an on-time God, Lord. And it, Jesus even said, why worry about tomorrow, for today has enough trouble of its own, Lord God. Father, we cast down worry and anxiety, Lord God, and, 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 and just the hypeness that's pushed upon us as people through channels and sources, Lord God. We just quiet the voice of the enemy, and we just stand upon your word and your promise. We give you all praise and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Word says this is the day the Lord's made, and I'm going to be glad, and I'm going to rejoice in it. And that's the, the attitude we have to have or take uh, in the midst of, of a world that seems to be upside down. And it has gone absolutely crazy. Uh, it's amazing what you hear, amazing what is being um, brought forth to people's lives. And uh, this is why I believe that in the Word of God, it's, it's so strong that it will keep you on course to, in the direction that God wants you to go in. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3 through 5, says the weapons of a warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God, to the pulling down of strongholds. Then it goes in and begins to explain taking captive every thought to the obedience of Christ, casting down imaginations and any high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Those are, that is a prescription for all of us to live by, that we take captive every thought to the obedience of Christ and allow the Word of God to prevail and to work in our life I think, I think today, in the times that we're living in, we need the Word of God more so now than ever before in our life. And the reason that I say that is that for a period of time, we've been able to just skirt by some things just because of the heritage that our nation has had and what we have lived under. But in the times that we're living in now, where there's such uncertainties on every hand, Everywhere you turn, there's, a, there's an issue, there's a problem. And uh, the Word of God is what's going to help see you through. The Word of God is what's going to help everything be still in your mind. And so as you study the Word, as you read the Word, as you invest yourself in the Word, begin to look for it to bring peace into your life. We can look at Scripture and begin to find exactly where we are today in, in the times that we're living in. I'm not preaching from this, but if you can go to 1 Kings chapter 16, you'll begin to find exactly where we are, where that there was a showdown uh, at the OK Corral. And, uh, and you have Elijah uh, coming forth and dealing with the, the prophets of Baal. And uh, he began to let them go for first. And I believe that's where we are. That's where what's taking place. I want to go into Scripture here today in Isaiah, <clears throat> Isaiah chapter 55. I want to look at verse 8. 
have a lot of scriptures here this morning. So if you have a pencil, piece of paper, write them down. I think, I think as you go through it later, there'll be some things that you'll look at and say, wow, this, this here I can apply in my life right here. <coughs> it says in verse 8, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heaven is higher than the earth, so my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts your thoughts. How I many of you, we, we can agree that God's thoughts are higher than our thoughts, that his ways are far beyond our ways. We have been so schooled in the natural to think on a certain level that we, we can't see us moving into places where miracles and, and the manifestations of God's power working and operating in our life. And that's what I want to deal with here today. For as the rain cometh down and the snow from heaven, and returneth not thither, but watereth the earth, and maketh it bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word, look, look at this, so shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth, it shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing where, whether to, where to I sent it. And when we start looking at that, and it starts saying that the rain comes down, the snow comes down, and it, does, it doesn't return back, but it, it does come and water the ground, causes it to yield its seed, to produce its fruit, and he's comparing this to the Word of God. We see that in the natural. And a lot of times in Scripture, we begin to see that God, that Jesus, He begins to give us uh, uh, these parables, and He's talking in a, in a place that we can understand that we deal with on a daily basis. Here, here in, in South Louisiana, they say, if you don't like the weather, wait about an hour, it's going to change. And, and then summer comes, we, 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 we don't want the winter. Well, down here, we don't really have a winter, but... Uh, we don't want the winter. We don't want the rain when it keeps piling up. So we're always complaining about something. But the rain comes and it waters the fields. When it waters the fields, then it begins to produce, it begins to produce growth. It's saying here that the word of God, so shall my word be that goeth out of my mouth. It shall not return void uh, unto me, but it shall accomplish that which I please. God has already sent his word into the land, into our lives. It's a written word. He sent Jesus, which became the word. And, and as a result of, of those patterns there, we see that God is going to bring forth in our life what he desires. You know, a lot of people are asking questions. Are we in the end times? Are we, are we looking at these moments? Or, or, or is the rapture going to take place? Are we going into tribulation? Or... Uh, is the Antichrist rising up now? These are questions that people have, and more so today than, than before because of all the events and the things that are happening in our world, not just here in the United States, but all over the world. God's Word is going to come about, and we're going to see the manifest power of God's Word manifest itself in this earth, and people are going to see the glory of God like they have never seen before. It's going to be revealed in the earth. Now, what is my interpretation of what's happening? 
I believe this. I believe that the enemy is trying to raise its head before its time. I believe that he's trying to bring forth things to get things out of timing. But God says, hey, you can do whatever you want to do. I've got everything under control. He's got it all in his hand. And and somebody can say amen to that. Amen. I want to go to John chapter 1 and uh, read from this point here. Uh, If I can find it here. John chapter 1 verse 1. And then down to verse 4. And then I want, to, I want to read verse 14. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And the same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. I want to skip down. You can read the rest of it later on, down to uh, verse 14. And the word was made flesh. This is talking about Christ. God sent his word, and his word became flesh and dwelt among us. When we start looking at these passages, we begin to see this is Christ coming forward. He comes in as a man. He comes in understanding who he is, but takes his position and takes his place to bring man back into right relationship with God. The word says if the first Adam would have accomplished what it was supposed to do, he would have never had to come with the second Adam, which is referring to Christ, which now is his word coming forth. And we beheld his glory and the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So he's full of grace and he is truth. Amen. Now I want to go into Isaiah chapter 8. Isaiah chapter 8. It's going to take me just a little bit to get to where we're going here, but uh, I promise you it's going to be okay. Isaiah chapter 8, I want to go to verse 18. Behold, I and the children whom the Lord hath given me are for signs and for wonders in Israel from the Lord of hosts which dwelleth in Mount Zion. Behold, I and the children whom the Lord hath given me are for signs and for wonders. In other words, what he's saying here, that you and I, as a believer, we have been made for signs and wonders. The Word tells us that signs and wonders shall follow those that believe. Every one of us in here, based on what I know or what I see, we're all believers. So as believers, there should be signs and wonders following us. In other words, every day of our life, we should be seeing things that God is manifesting himself through our life to begin to show people that there is a God and he's alive today and he's well, and he's well able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can imagine or even think. So I want to go into Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 1. Be, the, be ye therefore followers of God as dear children. Be ye followers of God. Now, our, our position sometimes as being followers is just to follow after to see what they're going to do. Well, what it's actually saying here is to do the things that God does, to be God kind of people, that when we're walking in life, that we are children and we're heirs and heirs to the kingdom of God. 
So if we understand who we are, then we can walk in in another dimension than what we have been taught in this earthly realm. This earthly realm tells us to calculate certain things or balance your checkbook, and, and we go through these orders, and we have to do these things, but it only limits us to that realm. When you see God working and when you see Christ working, especially in the New Testament, you begin to see signs and wonders that baffle what we have been taught in the natural. So he takes, he takes two fish and five loaves and he multiplies it, hands it to his disciples, puts it in their basket, tells them to go out and feed the people. And they've got people that are sitting down a uh, 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 thousand in groups. They got 5,000 men alone, not counting the women and children. And it feeds all of them. And then they have 12 baskets left over. Now, in our modern equation, how can you take two fish, five loaves, and then have five basketfuls left over, much less feeding all the people that were there? So God doesn't operate in the dimension or in the laws of what we have in this earth. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. His ways are higher than our ways. So he reaches into the natural and causes a multiplication to take place that astounds people. How did he do that? Uh, He calls us to be followers of God as dear children and walk in love as Christ also hath loved us and hath given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling savor. Then he goes on into verse 3 and tells us things that we don't need to indulge in or, or, or to be a part of. But here in the first two verses, here's what I want to communicate, is that we need to be like, be like God and begin to make ourselves a sacrifice that becomes a sweet-smelling savor unto the Lord, that we become that, that sacrifice to him that pleases him. Making sense here. All right, I got one, one right and, and a few grumbles here, but that's all right. It, it's going to get better, amen? Go with me to Mark chapter 3. I told you I have a lot of, a lot of verses here. I don't know how many I'm going to get through uh, uh, today, but we're going to go through some of them here. Mark chapter 3, verse 21. And when his friends heard of it, they went out and lay hand on, hold on him, for they said, he is beside himself. Now, now, I want you to see this because there will be family members and there will be friends that will come and see the things that you're doing and think that you have lost your mind. And this is what it's talking about here. They came, his family and his friends came, and they laid hold on him. They grabbed a hold of him because they thought what he was doing was absolutely insane and and. Uh, uh, as you begin to walk in the things that, that God is wanting you to walk in, people are going to absolutely look at you and say, you've got to be crazy to think that God's going to do something like that. How many times did Jesus do something that baffled everyone? From his first miracle all the way to him laying his life down. His mother comes to him and says, hey, uh, uh, we're out of wine. And uh, tells him, we need wine. He says to her, it's not my time yet. But she placed the demand upon the anointing that was on him because she knew who he was and knew what was in him. And she turned to the people that was around and says, do what he tells you to do. And what does he do? 
he tells them, go gather some water pots, fill them up, and he turns the water into wine. Now, I think it's powerful. I think it also baffled the people's minds because they, even the, the, the master of ceremonies for the wedding comes and says, you have saved the best wine for last. And usually they would put the best wine out first and then bring the cheaper wine later. But they saved the best for last. And the best came from Christ. I believe that he's wanting to turn your water into wine. He's wanting to turn your life into something that begins to produce more than what you can imagine or more than what you can even think on. He wants to bring it forth in your life. Look at John chapter 14. John chapter 14, I want to go into verse 12. It says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believeth on me, the works that I do, shall he do also. Now, if you're reading the word and reading the scripture, and you're looking at Christ's life, you'll see that he did some phenomenal things. From the point of turning water into wine to the place of raising people from the dead. And he's saying here in this scripture, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do, shall he do also. And greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. And whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If ye shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. And that's just a plain statement right there that he brings to us. It says, if you just ask anything in my name, do, I'll do it. Now, it has to come into alignment with his word. So we have to study the word to understand what, he, what, what he'll permit and what he'll not permit, if that makes sense to you. In Romans says, be not ashamed. Uh, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God in us. You know, when, when we start looking at scriptures, from what I'm seeing, everything that is in scripture begins to point to God's people to begin to operate in the supernatural. I'm going to tell you, there's a time where we have seen the supernatural that has worked, that people have worked in time past. And it was for that time and that season. And we have seen the Great Depression. We have seen all of the, the problems that this world has gone through. But we are, we're facing right now what I believe a revolution that's about to come forward. And when we see a revolution, there's also behind that a move of God's spirit that's coming forth. When God's people begin to humble themselves and begin to pray things begin to change. And I believe that's where we are. People are praying more today than ever before. You got people that are praying that don't even go to church. You got people that are praying that don't even come for Christmas service or Easter service, but they're praying because they know that there's problems on the horizon, that we need God to show up and we need God to work these things out in our life. Now, I want to go into Joshua chapter 6. <clears throat> we'll look at verse 1 through verse 4 and it talks about Jericho we know the story about the walls of Jericho coming down and just going to rehearse this a little bit 
Now Jericho was straightly shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out and none came in. This, this place was fortified with a wall that they could ride chariots side by side around that wall, the top of that wall. So it's a, a huge undertaking that's happening. Now to show you how that God doesn't think how we think, and his ways are not our ways, I want to show you what he does here. And the Lord said unto Joshua, See, I have given into thine hand Jericho, and the king thereof, and the mighty men of valor. And ye shall compass the city, all ye men of war, and go around about the city once. Thus thou shalt do six days. Now, it sounds absolutely crazy. And if you begin to look at the end of the story, you begin to find that God is not going to do things the way we think he ought to do them. He's going to do things the way he wants to do them because he's going to get the glory. So you're going to walk around it once for six days. And, on, and seven priests shall bear before the ark seven trumpets of ram's horns. And the seventh day you shall compass the city seven times. And the priests shall blow the trumpets. And it shall come to pass that when they make a long blast with the ram's horns, and when you hear the sound of the trumpet, all the people shall shout with a great shout, and the walls of the city shall fall down. And the people shall ascend up every man straight before him. Now, in the natural, the, what we've been taught, just a shout and just walking around a place with lanterns, with horns, without any weapons, this is almost like child's play here. It's almost like we've got this imagination that's not working and, and it's not going to bring anything forward. But God says, hey, I'm going to astound you. I'm going I'm to cause something to happen in your life that you're not going to believe what's going to take place because I'm going to have you do something that's not going to compute in your mind. I want you to walk around one time a day for six days. And then on the seventh day, you're going to walk around it seven times, and then they're going to blow the horns, and they're going to shout, <clears throat> and the walls are coming down. In the natural, it doesn't seem possible. But to God, all things are possible. And I want to show you this because God doesn't think the way we think. We think that we can calculate this thing out and measure it out and work it out, and it'll, be, it'll, be, it'll take care of itself. But there's some things that don't take care of itself with the formulas that we have in this life. It takes God to come in and change some things. Somebody say amen to that. I want you to go with me to Judges chapter 6. Sometimes we, we try to work everything we can work and we need to do everything that we can do and just leave the impossible up to God. Judges chapter 6, verse 13. He's talking about Gideon. And Gideon said unto him, O my Lord, if the Lord be with us, why then is all this befallen us? You ever get in that place where you're saying, God, where are you? God, what's taking place? What's going on around us? What's going on in this world? Why are people losing their minds so much when we're, 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 we're looking at just crazy stuff that's happening? And we're looking at how we're measuring these crazy things for 160 days. We've got, we've got things that are happening. They're burning in, in the cities. And, and people are looking at that and saying, well, that's right. And then you've got people praying and they're saying, that's wrong. 
It's like crazy stuff that's going on that we justify things and we throw dice out to see what crazy thing we can do next. And if the Lord be with us, why then is all this befallen us? And where be all his miracles which our fathers told us of, saying, Did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord hath forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. And the Lord looked upon him and said, Go in this thy might. In this, I believe that what God is saying to us as individuals is that I have strengthened you with with strength and might that you really don't know about. You haven't tapped into it yet. But as you begin to step out, I'm going to show you how to tap into my spirit. It says, And the Lord looked upon him and said, Go in thy might, and thou shalt save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have not I sent thee? And, And he said unto him, O my Lord, wherewith shall I save Israel? Behold, my family is poor in Manasseh, and I am the least of my father's house. And the Lord said unto him, Surely I will be with thee. Let me tell you, it doesn't matter what you think about yourself. It doesn't matter how lowly you might think you are or how you compare yourself to others that seem to have their life together and you've made mistakes in your life. Let me tell you, everybody's made mistakes and everybody fights with who they are versus who God made them. He says, look, and the Lord said unto him, surely I will be with thee and thou shalt smite the Midianites as one man. And we, and we find where Gideon begins to overturn some things because of him stepping out on the word that God gave to him. First off, we need to find a word that God gives to us as individuals. We need to allow the word of God to get so in us that it pushes us to do something that we never dreamed of doing before. And he says, hey, I will be with thee. I will be with you. Somebody say, God's going to be with me. I want to go to Romans chapter 8. This message here probably has more scripture in it than any, any message I think I've preached. Romans chapter 8, <clears throat> I want to go to verse 19. For the earnest expectations of the creature waiteth for the manifestations of the sons of God. The word tells us that all the earth, all the earth is crying out for the sons of God. Now, I believe this is where we are right now. In Scripture, that all of creation waiteth for the manifestations of the sons of God. For the creature was made subject to vanity, not willingly, but by reason of him who hath subjected the same in hope. Because the creature itself also shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption or corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. Now this is what we need to pay attention and look at this here. It's saying all of creation is groaning. When a person begins to wail or groan inside because of troubles, it's almost as though that they can't get past the problem because every time they turn around looking for an escape, there's another problem, there's another issue, there's another problem that's happening or coming and facing them. 
And this is what all of creation is at right now. It's groaning. No wonder we're having such turbulent windstorms and earthquakes and fires and all of the things that are happening. We've got all of creation that's groaning for the manifestation of the sons of God. And look at verse 22. For we know that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain together until now. What it's saying is all of the earth is feeling the pain of what's happening in the atmosphere or in, in the world where the principalities and powers are putting pressure on the earth. We, we've got different spirits that are operating in the earth. And I believe that there are ancient spirits that now have come forth and is trying to bring oppression upon God's people. And we're feeling pressure being pushed upon the children of God and the earth is feeling this. Why? Because it, it's trying to bring its, bring its wrath before its time. It's trying to bring us into tribulation before the glory of God begins to sweep the earth. The word says before that time, before the return of Christ, that his glory will cover the earth. There'll be a season where that, that his glory covers the earth and there'll be a, a new understanding of who God is because he is getting closer and closer to this earth. The word says, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This is the Lord's prayer here that we, are, we should be, begin to pray, Lord, I want your kingdom to come here on earth and manifest itself. In order for that to happen, his glory needs to cover the earth. Making sense here. So there is a time, according to scripture, that his glory will cover the earth, that all mankind will feel the effects of his glory. Now, why is there such opposition that's taking place in our world today that is pushing against the glory of God, trying to keep it away from us? Why is it that church has been put under such persecution? So what we're seeing in our nation is only a foretaste of what is to come in the future. But what the devil doesn't realize is, well, maybe he does realize it, and this is why he's pushing so hard, is that the glory of God is going to fill the earth before those events begin to take place. So what's happening here in our world is just a foretaste of what is to come. It's just a small measure of those things. Now, I want to go, I want to go into um, Galatians chapter 4. Galatians chapter 4. I, went, I wanted to go and print all this stuff out this morning. My printer was acting up. So I just having to skirt through this here. It says in verse 1, Galatians chapter 4, verse 1, Now I say that the heir, as long as he is a child, differeth nothing from the servant, though he be Lord of all. Now, here, here it's talking about the church. The church is the heir of the kingdom of God. Believers are the heirs of God, okay? Now, when you start looking at what it's saying here, it's saying that it, that it comes a place that it, that it does the chores of a servant, but he's Lord of all. 
He still owns it all, but he's learning some things along the way so he can manage what God is bringing into his life. I, I, I'm, I'm doing some writing right now about Joseph's life, and we find Joseph was sold, thrown into a pit, sold by his brothers, goes to Potiphar's house, he's lied on by Potiphar's wife, and then he's thrown into a prison. We find that he interprets dreams, and he comes out of the prison, and he becomes second in command of all of Egypt. But in the process of becoming second in command, he went through some things to learn the culture because he was a Hebrew and only knew the Hebrew culture. He never lived in an Egyptian culture, but now he goes from the bottom up into position so he can manage and be able to speak the language that the Egyptians were speaking and be able to handle the things that were coming his way. Can you imagine the Egyptians that were educated in the Egyptian world, when a Hebrew comes in and takes a position that's second in command, only, only the one under Pharaoh, the Egyptians envied him and were jealous of him and hated him because of his position, because he was a Hebrew. Now, God does what he wants to do, and he does things in ways that we never thought would come about. And he might use each one of us in a position that would be a tough road to go through to get there, but he has a purpose for our life. <clears throat> but it says here, but he's under tutors and governors until the time appointed of the Father. Even so, when we were children, we're in bondage under the elements of the world. In other words... It's saying we are taught a worldly system. And we, we get under the bondage of that because it teaches us what it wants to teach us. Even though we're God's children. And when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his son and made of a woman made under the law to redeem them that were under the law that we might receive the adoption of sons. So you and I as believers have been adopted and engrafted in the vine, which now causes us to be heirs and joint heirs with Christ. So whatever is in the kingdom of God is ours. This is why when we pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth. Let's begin to change this earth by the kingdom of God coming here on earth and his manifest power coming forth. Now, uh, in, in 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 3, I want to go to verse 1. And I, brethren, could not, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal. Now here's Paul speaking here. And I want you to look at this. And I, brethren, cannot speak unto you unto spiritual, but unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. Paul is saying, I can't deliver to you spiritual things because you're carnal. It doesn't mean that they're not believers. It's be he's saying to them that they have not matured enough to handle what God is wanting to bring into their life as of yet. He says, so I'm having to speak to you at, uh, uh, babes, uh, uh, even as babes in Christ. So they're, they're, they're believing Christ. 
They're, they're Christians, okay? But he's saying, I can only give to you what you can handle. He said, but because you're babes in Christ and because you're carnal still, I can only give you milk. I have, I have fed you with milk and not with meat. For hitherto ye were not able to bear it neither, yet now are ye able. Man, how would you like to have this conversation with Paul? And Paul's saying, hey, I've come to bring to you spiritual things, but I can't give it to you. I can't give you the meat of the spirit because you're still a baby, because you're still walking in carnality. In other words, you're still, you still got the things of the world in you, even though you're a believer. That makes sense. And we see this all the time. We see people come in, they accept Christ as the Lord and Savior, and they still have the flavor of the world in their life, and, and they're trying. They've got their hands raised on Sunday. They hallelujah. They walk out the door. They'll cuss you out in a second. They still got their carnal nature with them. They're still babies in Christ, even though they're babies in Christ. Okay? And he comes, comes and says, uh, I, I have fed you milk. I fed you with milk, not, not with meat. For hitherto ye are not able to bear it, neither yet now are ye able to, or are ye able. For ye are yet carnal. And whereas there is among you envying, strife, and divisions, are ye not carnal and walk as men? Well, this is where we are today in the midst of this thing. Envying, strife. I, I, I've, never seen, I've never seen people so violent of what I'm seeing today. I'm seeing such divisions, you know, that's coming forth because of immaturity. Are ye not carnal and walk as men? In other words, you, you're still walking as the reflection of the world. If I'm mature in the things of God, then there's not going to be divisions. There's not going to be prejudice. Because we understand in the Word of God that we're all one blood. That's what the Word of God says. But because there is an immaturity that's in the church, that, that is a reflection of the world, we've got division that's even in the church because we're still carnal. We're still walking as men. We're not walking as sons of God, which this should not even be named amongst us. You're envying and strife and divisions. Are ye not carnal and walk as men? This is where the church is in America today. I don't know what it's like in other other nations <coughs> but this is what it's like here in America that we're allowing our carnality to speak to us more than spiritual things so if I get close to God and I now push aside the immaturity of of this world and I begin to walk as a son of God then I'm not gonna walk in division I'm not going to have strife with one another, and I'm not going to be envying someone else. But I'm going to be cheering. I'm be cheering those that God's using. Is it making any sense here? So when you start looking at this here, to grow in the things of God means that we push aside division, we push aside strife, we push aside envying. Man, I don't know of more division than that is in the church. There's such division. If you, if you don't believe the way I believe, if you not have the sign that I have over, over my head, then you're going to hell. And some of them tell you that if you don't dress the way we dress, you don't act the way we act, 
You're going to hell. You know, if you, <laughs> I could go on and on with this stuff, but my goodness, man, how far have we gotten away from the word of God and we have division amongst ourselves? If, if the church could ever, ever become spiritual, we could make a change in the world. Just a few more verses here, okay? Very bear, bearing with me. Let's go to John chapter 3. John chapter 3. Jesus, verse 3. Jesus answered and said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. So being born again is the first thing we need to do. We need to accept Christ as our Lord and Savior, understanding and knowing that he died for each and every one of us, that he paid the price for us, hung on the cross so that we would be redeemed. Make, making sense here. This is just the word of God. But that's the first step to seeing the kingdom of God. We have to grow in the things of God to start seeing it unfold before our, our lives. Making sense here. Amen? All right. Now I want to go, I'm just going to skip through some, some, uh, some verses here just for time's sake. I want to go into Mark chapter 4. <clears throat> Mark chapter 4. I want to begin with uh, verse uh, 35. <clears throat> and the same day when the evening was come, he saith unto them, let us pass over unto the other side. Now, Jesus is in a boat with his disciples, and he's saying, let's go to the other side. And when they had sent away the multitude, they, they, they took him even as he was in the ship. And there were also with him other little ships. And there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship also <clears throat> that it was now full. Now, when it's talking about being beat against the, the ship, um, it, it's almost like a, a bombardment that begins to take place. It's continuous pounding that's taking place on the ship. Now, many times this is how the enemy comes and attacks us. There's a constant pounding that's happening around us or to us that uh, is trying to prevent us from getting to the place that we need to go. Anybody ever have that experience where that life itself just pounding, pounding, pounding against you? This is what's happening uh, to the ship in a great storm, and the waves beat into the ship uh, so that it was now full. And he was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow, and they awake him and say unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? I think this is a question that people are asking God. Do you, do you even hear what's going on? God, when are you going to show up? God, when are you going to do what people are saying, they're prophesying that you're going to do? We were just on a short trip here this morning. Bev says, when, is this, when are these things going to happen? And, and I responded, I said, the only way that things are going to happen in, in its proper order is when total exposure begins to take place. There has to be a total exposure that comes forth to see where, where, where all this is coming from so that it can be rooted out so God can do a new thing. Making sense here. Okay, and I believe there is a new thing that's going to come forth. It says, it says uh, 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 cares not that we perish. And he arose and rebuked the wind 
and said unto the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. Now look at this, verse 39. And he arose and rebuked the wind. I want you to look at first thing he dealt with was the unseen. Did anybody ever see wind? We see the evidence of wind when the trees or the leaves begin to blow, but it's really unseen. So in this, we actually see Jesus dealing with the unseen first. He starts rebuking, and I believe what he's rebuking here is the prince and the power of the air. He's rebuking the unseen, and he's speaking peace to the seen. He's speaking peace to what we're living in and where we're going and, and, and where we're occupying. So he rebukes the unseen and speaks peace to that that is seen. And a great calm came, and he said unto them, why are ye so fearful? How is it that ye have no faith? Faith is the element that God has given to each and every one of us to deal with unseen matters, unseen demonic forces that are coming to try to interrupt our world. Does that make sense? So in our prayer life, we need to first address those things that are unseen. The word says in Ephesians 6:12, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, and spiritual wickedness that's in high places. So when we engage in our prayer life, we have to engage in the unseen realm so that we have the power to speak peace to the seen realm. Making sense. So we're dealing with all kinds of situations around us. And, and for each one of us, it may be different. Here in South Louisiana, we just dealt with Ida. We just had Nicholas come through with his little rainstorm, and, 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 and we're dealing with that. But there may be other storms that are in our life that, that are enhanced by all these other elements that are taking place. We've got family. We've got work. We've got issues. We've got whether I should take a vaccine or not take a vaccine. We've got all these things that, that we're dealing with, and now we've got people that are fearful of losing their jobs because of, of not wanting to take a vaccine. And, and we've got all of these pressures that are coming. How do I deal with this? I have to deal with this in a spirit realm, in the unseen realm, before I can get my answer for the seen realm. So if I understand in my prayer life, I have to deal with the unseen before I can get my answer in the scene. I hope I'm making sense here and hope this begins to challenge each of us that when I begin to pray, I'm not just praying about a situation that I'm living in. I'm not just praying about a family member or someone that's around me. I actually have to begin to bombard the unseen realm and destroy it. He says he rebuked the wind, the unseen, and he spoke peace to the things that he saw. The unseen always tries to come and interrupt the scene. Making sense here. So what we're seeing in our world today is an unseen dimension that is trying to interrupt the world that we're living in, the scene realm, and is trying to bring it into subjection to the unseen. But when believers begin to know who they are, 
they begin to stand up and they begin to deal with the unseen realm. And then they engage in the natural and start speaking peace in the seen realm. It makes sense what I'm saying. So, so in this message today, and in what I'm trying to communicate to us today, is that God is wanting to bring forth miracles, signs, and wonders through our life. But the way we deal with these things is we deal with the unseen first, and then we start engaging and speaking peace into the seen realm. God cares about us. He cares about what's going on. And the word says in verse 41, And they feared exceedingly and said one to another, What manner of man is this, that even the winds and the sea obey him? Didn't we read earlier that even greater things shall you do? We need to start taking our faith and putting it to work. And people, people will think you're crazy in some areas as you begin to step out in the Word of God and do what the Word of God declares that we can do. But I'm going to tell you, when you start stepping out and declaring and decreeing over your life God's will for your life, you're going to see people beginning to fear exceedingly. And when I start saying fear exceedingly, they don't become so fearful that they're hiding and running. But they don't understand what just took place. And they're seeing a miracle begin to take place. And they say, what manner of man is this? What manner of man is this? That even the winds and the seas obey him. Wow. If that's the word of God, what would take place when all of us get a hold of God and start walking in the things that we need to walk in and start speaking over our family, those demonic forces that are trying to crush and destroy our family and trying to keep, us, keep them from moving in the things of God or even experiencing God, what would happen if we start speaking to those things and declaring, God, hey, God's going to move in my family, and I'm not giving up until God moves in there. And then when, when it moves on, I'm going to start taking another level and praying on a whole new dimension that God's going to bring them into maturity that they can start walking in the things that God has for them. We read that scripture that talks about that being carnal, being, being as babies. It's time, I believe, for the church to begin to grow up and be what God's called us to be. Now, those that are watching today, I want to thank you for watching us on YouTube or Facebook or whatever means you're watching by. I believe that God has some great things in store for you. And I'm going to pray for you, and then I'm going to pray for the people that are here. I believe that God wants his church to begin to be equipped, but not just be equipped, but be mature in the things of God, that we don't have divisions and we don't have these things envying and strife taking place amongst us, but we're walking as the sons of God. The word says that all creation groans, that feels the pain of this. It's time for the sons of God to start standing up and being what God's called us to be. I'm going to pray with you before we go off air, and then I'm going to pray with these here that are here in the building today. Father, I just thank you for those that are watching. I ask you, Lord, that your spirit come upon them in such a measure, in such a way, that it causes a hunger to rise up within them, that they become what you call them to be, that they can stand on your word and know your power is real, and know that all things are possible to them that believe. And even though that there seems to be things that are impossible. Maybe there's a doctor's report or maybe you're looking at your family and 
Lord, all things are possible to them that believe. And I believe that you're going to heal today. You're going to heal people today and deliver them and, and touch their families, oh God. But Father, as they begin to cause their faith to grow and to, to come forth, let them believe. Let them believe, Lord, and let them see your hand working. Father, we thank you for what you're doing. Bless us today and bless those that are watching. In the precious name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. And we'll see you again soon.